Would it be weird? Would it be weird if I said my favorite combat system is RE4 Remake? That's like, it, I believe you've said that. Yeah, really it's, weird, I, it's really good. It's just a fucking like my it's favorite. It's really good. Yeah. It's very satisfying. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, they've been iterating on that yeah. combat system since what 2005. Like it's they, it's you know, it's pretty mm. fucking awesome. Every time I fire a gun, it's like a, an orgasm. Like, oh, sorry. TMI, TMI, stop. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> cut, cut. I could give you some jokes. Yeah, let's, all right. Let's hear some jokes, Soren. What's green and smells like red paint? What? <laughs> I don't know. What's green and smells like red paint? Uh, an M and M that painted itself red, green. I don't know. What does red paint smell like? Uh, it's green paint. The answer is green paint. Come on, guys. Oh, oh. <laughs> Of course, of course. Okay, that 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 actually hooks up nicely. <laughs> That's our. Jo- I I don't have any video game related jokes. Unfortunately, I'd have to think of one. Kevin, do you have a joke for us? Uh, I, I uh, I never can remember <clears throat> jokes for some reason. They never stay in my brain. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any jokes. I'm sorry. Oh, that's hey, funny. Hey, I, I, I got a I've joke. Never... I got a joke. Okay. What What do you call an apple with a hard shell? An egg. You call it an armored core. Oh. <laughs> there you Did go. Did you just make that up? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty Warren, good. I think, that, I think that that connected. That's, there you uh... go. <laughs> yeah, that's like fitting. Yeah, armored core. So, do we know something new about armored core, Kevin? What what happened with armored core? So they showed some gameplay, as I mentioned. They had a gameplay trailer, uh, and it was real time and engine rendering, and uh, shows some locations from the game and some robots fighting, and uh, it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys watched as well, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, I'll save my thoughts for. I want to hear what you guys think because I already like. I'm obviously like already like it. You know, pro everything this company. Does. And you, I mean, you guys are too. But I'm just curious, like, what do you think? I'm mostly just curious, like, what do you guys think? <laughs> well, do you think, like, my first impression was this is the first, like, non Miyazaki type FromSoft game that we're going to get since Dark Souls or Demon Souls? Like, it feels like they're going back to 2008 from software. Um, that was my impression. So I'm kind of still kind of figuring out if the game is for me because it might just not be the from software that i'm connected to but i am interested it looks amazing it looks like it's going to play amazing um yeah that's kind of where i'm at i'm still kind of unsure because i i'm not really a big mech guy anyway but if the game plays similarly to like a secure or something with mechs i might be interested yeah I, I feel similar. I, I don't really know anything about Armored Core. 
So watching this video didn't really connect any dots for me, but um, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll play it day one. So yeah. um, Armored Core 4 was directed by a man named Hidetaka Miyazaki, actually. Did you know that? Isn't that a weird... I did know that, yeah. It's weird. I, I, I was surprised to hear that because that game was not received well. Um, but, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, apparently, this uh, announcement for this trailer has driven up this sale price of Armor Core older games by 300% on the vintage gaming market. So everyone's buying oh, really? the old games right now. Yeah. Because nobody knows what Armored Core plays like. They're like, uh, maybe I should get one so of those games. The only time I've ever played one was I played the first game on a demo disc with my friend OJ way back when. OJ? Oh, OJ. dude, this is, yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is like Clinton era stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember we like liked it. We played it like a lot. Like we played the demo like a lot. But that's like all I can really remember is like that we it was just a demo disc. You couldn't pick all the parts. But when they talk about it, they keep emphasizing that the game it has going to have a really intense combat system and that the, the big draw is that it has a bunch of different customizable parts for the mechs to make them fight differently. And I'm like, you huh. know, that's not actually too far of a stretch from their RPG systems, which have a million weapons and, you know, builds and yeah. spells and things. I'm like, they already kind of do that in their game. So I feel like the lineage maybe actually is more there than we have realized. But uh, I have, I, here's my prediction. I think this game is going to be like a big deal. I think it's going to be like, it's going to like reinvent the mech genre. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a Sekiro. It's going to be like, it's totally just combat system that's like, we hadn't seen this before. It's going to be like, you know, the next big, that's my, that's my thought. So we'll see. But this footage looked great. I, I thought the uh, everything they showed was really impressive looking. The scale was really cool. The level design looked cool. The monsters, the monsters, the mechs have this kind of like uh, Mike mentioned. Like there's one creature, like creature, one robot like opens up, like unfurls, and shoots a bunch of missiles out. And it's like, oh, that's a very from soft look. And I was like, you're right, it is actually. It's just like a sci-fi version of that, rather than like being like a fleshy nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, uh, ki I'm kind of curious to see. I'll pro I'm probably going to play it. I mean, it comes out in August, and I feel like that's a good time for this game to come out because um, it's just going to... Because I don't think anything else is really coming out in August. So... Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll probably just be really bored, and I'll be like, oh, screw it. I'll fork over $70 for the new FromSoft game, and I'll play it. I'll probably like it. The other thing that I wanted to mention really quickly about it is they keep saying in the taglines, let the embers burn, let the fires yeah. fade. There's mm -hmm. all this like Very Dark, dark souls. souls. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, that's interesting. There's no way that's not intentional. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the yeah. world building is. It looks like a world run by mechs and humanity's done. That's like what it looks like to me. But I can't hmm. tell because they haven't shown any human characters, I think. Yeah. I'm assuming the character is in the mech. That you're driving but i don't know i can't tell it, to me it looks like it is just this is like a post-human ai world and it's just mechs fighting each other but i can't but yeah we'll see like i need more information for sure <laughs> what is the exact release date players will pilot their mech in fast oh. pace i think you are a human in, in this like a pilot oh, okay. uh comes out in three months on the 24th of august yeah, it comes out real close to your birthday, and roughly two weeks before uh, another massive game, assuming that game makes its release date, which Starfield? is at this point questionable. Yeah, I, yeah. I, th I think as sad as this sounds, I think Armored Core is more of a lock to be a good game than Starfield at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll see. I think I Armored know. Core will be at least good. 
I don't know if Starfield. It's the star. If I remember correctly, Armor Core Six's game director is the Sekiro game director. That makes sense to me. Masamura. Uh, Masuru Yamamura. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want to briefly mention that I played on this topic. I I played this game, Metal Wolf Chaos XD, which is absolutely ridiculous game. But you play as the president driving a mech, trying to quell a uh, rebellion. And uh, it's just funny, kind of like it's such a mediocre game that it's hard to believe it's the same studio. But I looked through the game credits, and like, like the lead event planner of this game was the lead event planner on Elden Ring. So like, it's the same people who made this game, made all the games that we know and love now. Just trippy. Mm. Like they, they hit, they hit, they hit the shift in their skills and became, went from a middling developer to a very cherished developer. It's just bizarre to me. So I, I'm curious on that note how they're going to reinvent their franchise which they're classically known for in the old days. Yeah, cuz like yeah. Uh, what like when Armored during the class, the heyday of Armored Core, like you saw, we kind of all saw from Soft is like a dependably 7 out of 10 developer, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they weren't yeah. making great games, but they were making like fun enough games, but now we're living in an age where they're the most beloved developers in the world. So I'm kind of curious what an Armored Core game looks like with that sort of prestige associated with that i'm excited i think it's a good change for the for the that team so Mm. i think it's a good direction do something different yeah i'm excited Uh, i'll probably play it i mean like summer is like pretty dead i feel like it's like i think the biggest Mm. games are diablo and final fantasy so i think it's nice that there's another big heavy hitter coming out in like late Hmm. summer uh early fall yeah Hmm. Eh, it's, it's pretty soon actually I guess we'll see it's kind of crazy that they can pump out games this quickly like FromSoft has just been delivering a game like every two years and they're they, all great too for and, they're all great. and they said they're gonna they're, they've, they've had a lull in between Sekiro and Dark Souls 3 they want to get back to that pace of releasing more AAA games on a more regular cadence so. I wish they would do fewer games and spend a little more time on them but I, not they that the games do are that bad with Elden but Ring. like I don't know yeah. like a five-year dev cycle. Okay, how many do they? They must have like multiple, clearly multiple development teams. Yeah. Um, Miyazaki says he hmm. doesn't like working on only one game. He likes to work on like three games at once. That's like his style. So. Hmm. That's so, it's so crazy because they're so carefully authored, especially with like the lore, and I feel like that requires a lot of thought and focus. So the fact that he's able to bounce between three different games is pretty wild to me. Um, yeah, yeah, it blows my mind, honestly. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what Armored Core looks like. I, I wonder if it will be like a game of the year to contender or if it's just going to be like a solid-ass mech game. I think um, it could be. Yeah. I think it could like potentially. I mean, we'll see. I, I think it could like mainstreamify that genre potentially if it's good enough. I think it's very possible. The mech genre? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is pretty like... You I think like it anime would games. Elevate the mech genre, or like, do you think it would just be like people are like, well, I don't usually play mech games, but this one, this, yeah. this Dark Souls ass mech game. Yeah, I think it'll, 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 rather than hit a niche market, it'll hit a mainstream market. I guess this is what I'm trying to say. So. Yeah, I see. Cool. Uh, all right, Armored Core Six, we'll hitting soon. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to talk about the games you've been playing? Kevin, you sent a photo of you playing Breath of the Wild split screen 
what what's going on here? <clears throat> I saw I don't remember how I found this, but I saw someone talking about I think I saw a YouTube video. Or no, actually I read about it on PC Gamer or Eurogamer or something. They said like, oh, Breath of the Wild multiplayer mod. And then I found that there was a split screen mod. And I was like, oh my god, I really want to play Breath of the Wild again. Now that Tears of the Kingdom's close, this would be a good way to like refresh my Zelda-ness. And uh, I would totally replay Breath of the Wild in split screen. And I have been. Um, it's pretty much what we've been playing like every day, me and my girlfriend. Um, so it's a mod for Simu, which is a yeah. Wii U emulator. Um and I'll be honest, getting this to work was a colossal pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> seriously a pain in the ass um, on multiple yeah. fronts. But I've got it set up so where I turn my laptop on, it boots into Steam, I go into Steam and launch the game, and everything else works. But, like, getting it to that point was some serious... It took, like, probably like, hours of work just to, to, See, to, to get all this working. When Zach asks me why am I playing Breath of the Wild on the Switch, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was a lot of fiddling. But, so, but like, once you dial in those knobs, it's it's great, right? It's incredible. Um Breath of the Wild is like already one of my favorite COD games I've ever played. Like, huh. it's like it's it's funny how well it holds up. Uh, for, for for one thing, two things I want to say about that. One, um, the system it's such a systemic game, which I have forgotten about, that the systems still work even in co-op situations that it was never designed for. Mm-hmm. Like one example is there's a shrine where you're supposed to stack up these climbable b- metallic boxes that you can levitate and then and then climb to the top. What we can do in co-op is I can have one of us climb onto the box and the other person can levitate it up and put them on top. So like you can solve puzzles using the game systems and they still work, which is just trippy. It's a, it's a trippy thing. Um, hmm. And I also, uh, there's, a, there's a, a mod to change the weapon durability. Um, oh, so God. I said it to be 3X and that made it, it's like a whole new game. It's like yeah. basically everything I hate about Breath of the Wild was like solved with that weapon durability fix because the weapon durability is just too low it's just weapons break yeah. too fast and when i think back of 2017 um i'm like i only gave this game like put this game on my number five for game of the year i'm like what the fuck was i thinking like I, this game should have been like number two or one i, I i'm i'm kind of like i don't know what the hell i was thinking why but so i'm like this is still what one was of the your game of year 2017 was uh, it was near Automata. so i would probably put this either uh, with that like either two or one um but what about prey Three. Oh, interesting. Uh, all right. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. And um, if you're trying to play this in split screen with someone, um, a pro tip is um, 16 by 9 split screen um, is heavily pillar box and a very small image. What you have to do is set the game to render at a 32 by 9 aspect ratio <laughs> and then have it stretch. And that will be full 32 by 9 aspect ratio for both screens. So then you get the full 16 by 9 for both screen split. So, Interesting. Pro tip on that one. Okay. Uh, you're running this on your laptop? I am. And it's it's the laptop can handle this this emulation? It's performant enough. Um, if I'm uh-huh. playing it not in split screen, I run great 60 FPS. In split screen, it is not a solid 60 FPS. It's like... Okay. It's not perfectly not buggy, but the whole game is playable. Like, yeah. the entire game is playable. Um, there's a, it, it sometimes soft locks when you do cutscenes, so you have to like load your last save, which is annoying. Mm. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, everything works really well. It also doesn't like it if you spread really far apart. The frame rate like starts to really hit, and you can start seeing the kind of like LOD details of how they like program this game. And it, 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 it's actually kind of funny to see behind the scenes of this game because it's like so well crafted, but you never see this kind of stuff that Nintendo's doing behind the scenes. All the stuff they load in and load out constantly. It's, hmm. it's impressive. <clears throat> 
Are you going to be right. playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, my girlfriend pre-purchased it. I convinced her that she could be the one to buy the Switch can this time. Cause we, I always buy them and she plays them. But I'm like, this time you can buy it and I'll play yours. <laughs> I, uh, I bought my yeah. brother uh, his version and he's like, you're not going to ask me to like borrow it or anything, right? And I'm like... Mm, maybe i don't know i think you definitely will i mean I, there's, there's no way it's gonna be bad like if nothing else it'll just be more breath of the wild right right and so yeah i think it'll be great uh i'm not sure if it'll be better I'll, than this game but we'll see six days yeah or five true. days yeah it comes out uh, soon. Six, like five 12, or six days i don't know 12th or something but yeah okay. yeah i think hmm. i could be wrong it could be the 14th i'm not sure <laughs> But no, it's uh, the 12th. Really fun co-op <laughs> game, really fun exploration game. Good stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're probably gonna beat it at the rate we're going. Oh, really? I think so. I've already put like probably 20 hours or more into it. Wow, wow. Yeah. Are you playing on hard or anything like that? No. Like, how's the difficulty scaling for two people? Uh, the combat encounters are a little easy, but the second player can't heal themselves. So when they eat food, it just disappears. So they're just like a Dark Souls phantom? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So, like, we still have trouble. The combat encounters are still... Like, it's still challenging enough, definitely. It's not like we're just smashing everything. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. But co-op climbing is really fun. Co-op soaring through the map is really fun. Uh, the, the world's just so well made in that game. So, yeah. Cool. All right. That sounds fun. Uh, I love the emulation. Me too. Well, I, that's how Bloodborne comes to PC, right? That Probably. PS4 emulation gets cracked, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, "Hey, look! Here's Bloodborne 4K, 4K 60, 60 Bloodborne." Yeah. <laughs> do you guys think? Done. Do you guys think that that's gonna finally be like the blue point next game, Bloodborne? I think so. I it hope may not so. be the next game, but it'll probably be the game after that. Yeah. Then then it won't be for like three or four years. At that point, it'll actually come to PC via emulation. I think first. they're gonna do it on the 10 year anniversary, which will be 2025. Uh, two years. That's what they'll, what they'll do. I think hmm. there's rumors that they're doing Metal Gear Solid, but I just kind of don't buy it. I feel like Bloodborne, like if they did Demon Souls, that's the first pass. So Bloodborne mm. would naturally be the second <clears throat> pass. But I agree. It yeah. does make that's like that's what I would think. And they've already yeah. indicated they're working on something else. Like they they they're hinted. Yeah. So we'll probably find out. I think uh, Summer Games Fest. That's what I'm uh, hoping. I'm kind of yeah. hoping that Ooh. that's the announcement because I, I actually tried playing bloodborne recently and i was like oh my god like it's not even like a 30 fps game it's like a 25 fps game yeah and it looks bad (laughs) so jaggy yeah 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 that game could have used an extra patch uh ps5 patch would be such a dream come true i wish i could just like sneak into fromsoft's offices and know how to do that yeah imagine if they just did (laughs) fps boost like if sony did that kind of thing for that game that would be I, awesome. Well, I mean, I think that's the every most... other Sony game has done that. It's just not. It's like I know that they don't. Apparently, from doesn't like to go back. So it's like it's probably like the hands. It's both. Two, both cooks don't want to collab. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, they're just being cagey on purpose, and it's actually just Blue Points making Bloodborne. <laughs> it does feel hmm. like it's like the inevitable like money maker, right. but. I know that also Sony owns a stake in From, and I imagine they don't want to compete with that. Like, they don't want to compete with Elden Ring DLC, probably. They probably don't want to compete with Armored Core, even though it's probably not the same. I think it's, like, some of the same customer base, if I, if I had to guess. So hmm. maybe, maybe they want to, like... think they'd want to strike while the, uh, while the coals are hot, you know? I don't know. 
if they like landed like Bloodborne remake, like like when uh, when Starfield came out, like that would probably be a, a good. Like, this year, no they, way, no way. Man. But I'm just saying, like like if they were really trying to like squash Microsoft, like like land it when oh yeah when they're yeah. Well, according to Phil, they've already beaten Microsoft, so uh, we'll mm-hmm. get to that later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oren, tell me about Evil West. Yeah, you know, like um, so there's this. Uh, are you, you? I'm guessing you're all familiar with Flying Wild Hog. They did Trek to Yomi. They did the Shadow Warrior games. They also made this game called Evil West that came out late last year. And I always kind of wanted to play it, but it didn't review well. So I decided to like wait a little bit for a sale to try it, which is what I did. Um, I purchased it on PS5. And um, I had fun with it. I, I beat it in like 12 hours. Um the way I would describe it is that it's like a more arc it's a more arcadey God of War 2018. That's basically what it is. Like it's the same kind of level design, the same kind of over the shoulder third person combat, but um, it's way more arcadey. So it doesn't have like you know the one shot like oh my gosh it's all done in one take. It doesn't have like the really long cutscenes. It doesn't have like the really deep. Uh, it's about trauma storytelling. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the frills of God of War 2018. It's like a no frills God of War. And I found that like pretty appealing. So I ended up playing it and I liked it. I think it's, I think at the end of the day, um, it's kind of my God of War because it doesn't have all the stuff I hate about the God of War games. But it is kind of missing a coat of polish that the God of War games have. Like, the enemies are, like, too bullet spongy. Like, it's it's kind of um, rough around the edges. The graphics are rough around the edges. Um, some of the enemy types are, like, just not modulated well. Like, there's this one en- enemy type in, per- in particular that's, like, so overpowered whenever it shows up. And it's, like, a huge difficulty spike. spike Is it big guys? I'm talking about, they're, like, these flying wasp things. And they have, like, mm. three, like, honeycombs that are circulating around it that you have to shoot. And while that's happening, those honeycombs, that's what I'm calling them, they're, like, covering all of the other enemies on the map so you can't shoot them. You have to melee them. So you're pretty much... They're, like, oh. basically the marauders. They're, like, Doom Good Eternal time. marauders yeah. in Evil West. Hmm. And they're just such bullshit enemies. <laughs> and I hated fighting them every time. Mm. So... So, like, I do like the game. I think it's, like, a, it's one of those games where I'm, like, this is a good 6 or 7 out of 10 game that I would recommend if you just want, like, an arcade God of War game. Um, but um, I, I don't know if it's my favorite Flying Wild Hog game. I actually think I like Shadow Warrior 3 a little bit more. I, th- hmm. I think Shadow Warrior 3 had more polish and just was more fun overall. But this one was still pretty good. I, I, I liked this game even though I don't really like the God of War 2018 formula. Um, it even has like the little warning arrows attached to your back when an enemy is about to hit you. And it's like that, that to oh. me is always a red flag. <laughs> so It's like the FOV is too tight. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, hmm. but it, it's fun. I liked it. It's uh, honestly like, I like it more than the God of War games just because it's like way less pretentious than those games. <laughs> so, it also has yeah. online co-op, which is kind of cool if you want a friend to play with. Yeah, I was thinking Didn't about trying this, it. I, I never. I had it, yeah. yeah, did you play through it, Kevin? 
I didn't beat it. Um, I was playing it for a bit, and, I, and then we actually, with my girlfriend, uh, we both had fun. She's a huge fan of the old God of War game, so it, it was like a natural fit to play yeah. that um, spectacle fighter kind of game. And uh, we had a game-breaking bug, which we couldn't get past this one area, so I had to wait for a patch, and then we kind of lost the pace. But we do actually want to beat that game, so I will go back and play through it. I did I did like it. It was fun. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, like, it's like a 6 or 7 out of 10 kind of game. Yeah, yeah, like I wouldn't say like, yeah, like it's anywhere near a game of the year contender, but I did enjoy it. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, like honestly though, like if you guys love Doom Eternal and that type of gameplay, Shadow Warrior 3 is honestly like kind of where it's at. That's like a Oh, really it's on Game Pass, isn't it? Yeah, I have that installed. I've been Oh, I have Game Pass. I should try that. to play it. Actually, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's really good. It's Does like Does it a... play on a controller or is it a mouse key? I guess it's I played it I on it's like Doom Eternal, so it was good on controller. Yeah. Um, but you can okay. play it obviously on mouse and keyboard. Like I think I think Shadow Warrior three. Like I was. What do you guys know the uh, YouTuber uh, G Man lives? He does all the yeah. FPS. Like he said the same thing. Like he he didn't really like he didn't like Evil West as much as me. But he was talking about he was singing the praises of Shadow Warrior three and how that's like a great yeah. Doom Eternal clone. Um, so I need to play that. Yeah. I'll try it. It's, uh... So it's funny, I was talking about Evil West and I used it as a platform to recommend another game by that studio, but I do I do like Evil West. It was a good it's yeah. Six, seven out of ten game that I didn't really They did track to Yomi, huh? Like yeah. what the fuck happened there, man? That game was like I think it's like they just ran out of money because that if a little more budget in that combat could have been so much better and that game would have been so much more satisfying. Yeah, they're such a weird company. I think they're like their element is uh, first-person shooters, so I feel like they should just stick th- to that. But um, yeah, every now and yeah. then they'll do like a side scroller, like Trek to Yomi, or like a God of War, like like Evil West, and it kind of feels like it's like a couple steps away from being actually good. But it mm. kind of sits in that six or seven out of ten range of like, oh, that was fun, but like, you know. Like, I, I wouldn't... I, I do like Evil West way more than Trek to Yomi. I think Evil West is definitely better than Trek to Yomi. H- hands down, it's more fun. But um, but yeah. it still kind of left that feeling of, oh, uh, that could have been better. Um, I think Shadow Warrior 3 is actually, actually like, solid, though. That's, like, actually a solid game. And I feel like for wh- whatever next game they do, they should just do Shadow Warrior 3 again and maybe just do Shadow mm. Warrior 4. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. Uh, all right. Evil West. Uh, Kevin, you you jumped in on Dredge. I Hell did. Yeah, uh, let's go. Good on game. Uh, Orange recommendation. Um, and did Nick say he played that game too, or someone else in the Discord? Uh, Mike. Oh, it's Mike, Mike played it. That's Mike right. played Mike. it. Yeah. Um, uh, I beat it actually. Oh, what? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like about twelve hours, I think, to beat it. Same. Um, Orin, Orin already explained it, so. Uh, open world fishing game uh open world like it's like adventure fishing game right but i think like you could say like i i almost think i wouldn't call it a survival horror game but like i think there's a lot of survival horror elements in it specifically right. like enemy avoidance inventory management sense of dread exploration mm. going from safe place to other safe place map navigation map navigation. oh yeah that's yeah. A, you're, you're you're hitting the the key elements there yeah i think uh um it hits a lot of that stuff pretty well i think like that's not the main focus of the game on like i think i think like the main thing is like a fishing exploration adventure game um mm-hmm. but i quite liked it um i got both endings it's multiple endings 
Um, and uh, I thought it was pretty pretty great. I I, I don't like. I would I don't know like if I had to like give like a number I don't know what I would say like a seven point five maybe eight. So you didn't love it. I didn't like super love it. Like by the end I was like ready for it to be over, but like I enjoyed okay. my time with it a lot. Um, it has yeah. really cool Breath of the not Breath of the Wild Wind Waker or Wind Walker Aaron kind of graphics. Which one is it? I don't know. <laughs> I, it, do you walk on the wind or do you wake it? Yeah. Um. Uh, the water looks really nice. Um. And uh, I had a lot of fun exploring, upgrading the boat and finding all the different types of fish. Um, it's a nice, like, chill game, but it isn't always chill. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what Mike said. He said it wasn't chill at all. I think it, like, has moments of chill. Like, if you only fish in the daytime and you don't mm. use a lot of the other world abilities, then you won't have any bad stuff. But if you go out at nighttime, you use a lot of the uh, special powers, then things start happening more. Um but I like okay. I liked a lot of the dynamic systems of the game, and um, yeah, it was fun. It's like I would recommend it. I paid I think twenty five for it, which I think was about a decent price for it. It was thirty five. Did it? Well, it's twenty five bucks on Steam unless you bought like the yeah I, super okay. special 25. edition. Um, did you play it on Steam Deck at all, or did you just play it? I desktop? tried it on Steam Deck. I ran great on Steam Deck. Looked great. Sixty FPS lock, no problem. How was how was the experience of playing it on the Steam Deck though? Because I'm I kind of want to get this game for Switch so that I could sit on a rocking chair oh. and just play it. Um, you can control the camera dynamically, so like because the screen's smaller, you can zoom in and make it more easily visible. Because obviously you don't want a super wide FOV with a small screen. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I think it's a game that would be a great handheld game. Like no no issue there. Um, cool. Yeah. I kind of. Uh, ag- I kind of agree that it's like an eight out of 10. Like for me, it's like a solid eight out of 10. Cause, um, I think, I think the game is really engaging for the first like nine hours, I'd say like nine ish, 10 ish hours. But like once you've upgraded your boat a lot, like the game kind of loses a lot of its horror because you can outrun literally anything. So it's like Hmm. a Leviathan or something will show up and you're like, Oh, I can just outrun this no problem because my boat's so upgraded. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so, and I, I think like by the time I got to the end of the game, the game like wraps up really fast. It's it's it literally does. like it's like here's the ending and then it's over. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought there would be more of a final thing, but not really. So, uh, I think between those two things that kept it from me being like it's the best game ever. I thought like. It was still like a really good time, but those two things held it back a little bit. Yeah, I felt like by the end of the game, I really liked the the fact that the fishing was straightforward and that it's like a rhythm game. Like it's not like a long, drawn out, slow, which I don't really love myself. But I felt like by the end of the game, those mechanics had worn themselves a bit thin. So I was like, I was like ready for it to be like over. So I think it ended at the right time. Like it didn't go on for too long. Yeah, um, it didn't. Like the, I think the four islands were all unique and cool looking. I liked all like the locations. I liked the, the world building and the characters a lot. The um, characters were really good. I really liked a lot of the um, side content. Like there's this one. My, I think my favorite side quest in the game. You have to find like four exotic animals or exotic fish. And I thought the way you had to go about finding each one was really fun. Like they're just like these mini puzzles trying to find like the most exotic fish in the game. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was a cool game. I loved the vibes. I loved the uh, monsters. Um, 
I liked some of the short stories that are kind of associated with each island. It's cool. Cool game. Cool Lovecraftian vibe. My only complaint with the game is the boat is so easy to damage when you start going fast. Like, I would just, like, tap into something, and it'd be like, your engine's disabled. It's like, no. (laughs) It'd, like, slowly, like, move, like, inch by inch back to the repair. So Mm. that's really the only complaint is that the boat gets damaged too easily, but... All right. Yeah, it's good hmm. though. It's well, like a recommendation for me. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. I I, I just need to uh, clear my plate, I guess, before I put the next piece of meat on. Uh, speaking of clearing my plate, I <clears throat> I beat Hitman's freelancer mode, and like this thing happened, right? Like, no let me tell way. you a story. When I was in middle school, there was this thing called the trail, right? And it took there was a record that was like 20 years old, and it was like three minutes and 45 seconds, and like everybody was like trying to beat the record, and nobody could beat the record, right? And like one day, I got like three minutes and like 48 seconds, right? Like I was within spitting distance of the record, and then two weeks later, somebody breaks it by like 20 seconds, and then the whole class can beat the old record like every single time. You guys seen these kind of things where it's like there's like this impossible goal, one person does it, and then everybody can do it. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, when I was playing freelancer, like I'd spend about a week on a campaign because it's very long winded. I would not sit and play it in one long session. So it took a while, but once I beat it, all of a sudden I'm able to like beat it pretty effortlessly and get like every objective. Like it's like my competency in the game, like just shot up like 100%. So it's a very strange experience, but it's like it became a lot easier. I think I got a lot better at the game, obviously playing it. Um, I did notice that when I was comparing Oren's in my stats, Oren had 10 days played, whereas I had four uh, of Hitman 3. <laughs> but uh, I had completed more uh, elusive targets and uh, something else. Yeah, definitely more elusive targets. Oren, come on, you got to do these elusive targets, by the way. I, I, I just don't like them as much as... I mean, I do like them. I just don't enjoy them that much. I don't... Mm. I'm more of a... Like, I feel like there's two types of Hitman players. I mean, there's obviously more types of Hitman players, but, like, I'm going to just, for the sake of conversation, boil it down to two. There are the people who love it for the competitive aspect, where it's like they do all the elusive targets, the escalations, they're trying to get mm-hmm. Silent Assassin. And then there are the types of players that run around with bombs and blow stuff up at, dressed as a clown and throwing crowbars at people. And that's me. I'm the fuck around yeah. Hitman player. yeah i i like both like i doing it doing the elusive targets after playing you know 100 hours of freelancer is now like effortless like i I did a suit only silent assassin without even trying right 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 Uh, it was just i was just like oh i just destroyed that guy so give try it out you might be uh surprised yeah uh congratulations by the way that's very awesome good for you man yeah nice job uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now I've done it a few times. Now it's now it's easy, but it's uh, it's fun. I've got tons of mercs. Uh, my my house is looking sweet. I got all kinds of outfits. Collecting my outfits with gloves. Anyway, uh, that's enough, Hitman, for this this week, <laughs> guys. Uh, you want to talk about the Redfall? Yeah, let's talk about the Redfall. Let's is talk about it? the Redfall, and let's talk about how we set it up the Redfall and co-op, and how. Aaron had to convince me essentially to get Game Pass so we could play it multiplayer. And, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, well, you, you, let's like set this I'm up because I, I haven't played mm-hmm. it. I have not played it. Okay. I, okay. Uh, Kevin, how many hours have you put in? Uh, probably two hours. And Aaron, how many hours have you put in? 
About four. Uh, Did you play and, more than afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay. What is Redfall? Redfall is Arcane Austin, which is the studio that made Prey, which came out six years ago to the day yesterday, actually. Uh, it's their follow-up to that in some extent. It's not obviously the same IP. It is a open-world looter shooter with some lip service, at least, to immersive sim elements. Yeah, I don't elements, think it's an immersive sim at all. But it's not really immersive sim at all. Um, and it takes place in a fictional New England town that's very Salem's Lot, controlled by vampires, a lot of, you know, Stephen King-ish. Uh, what's that? Stranger Things vibes? Yeah, definitely. So this game, uh, you know, is coming from a studio that is that is beloved to many of us here at the pod. Prey is one of my personal, probably top 10 favorite games of all time. Uh, expectations were were mixed because the sh- it had never shown well. This, this game had constantly looked bad. From the initial previews that were pre-rendered, it looked like Fortnite uh, with, with goofy characters talking to each other. Every time we saw screenshots or video, it just something about it looked wrong. Um, but like we held out hope, right? And uh, it's, I have to be honest with you, it's one of the most incomplete AAA games I've ever played in my life. Like that's the only that's the kind of like the headline there. It's like it's not even necessarily that it's bad. It's just that it feels like half of the assets are placeholder, and like half of the ideas weren't executed on, and it just shipped in alpha state or you know barely yeah alpha I guess because beta would be at least feature complete. Damn. When Aaron and I were playing co-op, I had the thought of like, I can't believe that I'm playing this game right now. I can't believe how bad this is. I'm like, like I kept having the thought of like, dude, this is like one of the worst games I think I've ever played. Like, and I don't like, I, I'm not really someone who likes to be negative and like really hyperbolic. Like, I don't like to be like, oh, this, this is all like the worst thing. But I really do think like, as far as like AAA releases, like this is one of the worst games I played in a long time that's come out from a big AAA studio. Like it's, it's dumbfounding. Um, I, I still think at the time where Aaron and I were looking at this like puddle or what was it, a rock or mud? I don't know what it was. But so it, liquid textures look. Yeah, it looked so bad that I like it I looked it like mud. it looked like something that like I would do when I'm dicking around in Unreal, and like I don't know what I'm doing, like I and and yeah. I'm not trying to say this to be like Arcane Austin or incompetent because I know they're not. Um, I don't know what happened here, but like I just am like wow, right. this is like something that I would do. Like me, like who doesn't know what I'm doing? Like I'm not a AAA developer, right? I'm not skilled in this field at all. But it was just like wow, I can't believe we're, I'm seeing this in a game that's you know, marketed $70, big deal. It was just, it's just baffling. And and really like the whole time we were playing it, like I felt like the world was just dead. There was no enemies anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I jokingly made Aaron promise that we played at least five times. And then I uh, ended up reneging on my own. <laughs> no, I'm going to hold you to that. Cause uh, to I don't that. think I want to play it anymore. Honestly, like I, it's, it's, it's really not very fun. There was like only like maybe like 10 seconds where I was like, hey, this feels like a real game. Like we were inside fighting a vampire and he felt not threatening, but he was like there and we were sneaking for a second and it. Yeah. Nothing so, almost interesting happened. Let's talk about specifics here because okay. I really, more than saying that this game is bad, I want to say that I want to stress that it feels incomplete. It feels like it's missing, not just like, a, a level of polish but like many passes of polish 
Um, like it really does feel like a half finished game that just got shipped, which, which when it comes down to it, it's like, I don't blame the developers or the people who worked on the game, uh, but I do sure. think that like project managers, this is like a massive failure of, of project managers and kind of a, this, you know, that's been like the story this year. It's just like games have been shipping unfinished. Um, and, and this is the most extreme example. And I think when we go back to like cyberpunk, right, Kevin and I were like, no, we're having fun. You know, this game has bugs, but like, yeah, we can see what's, what's cool about this game. We're having a good time. Uh, Callisto protocol, another game that got a lot of grief. Like both of us were like, you know, there's, there's a good game here. Like, yeah, I don't feel like there's even a game, like, like a full game here. Yeah. It's like in my thought, like it's those two games aren't even comparable in terms of like the difference. Like it's like, like it's like there's a lot of uh, hyperbole on the internet. People have a lot of reactions about this stuff, but like this game is in such worse shape in terms of everything. Like it's not just like technical problems. It's like the whole game itself. It really does feel like, I guess like incomplete is maybe the better way to say it, but oof. It's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's pretty depressing to play it. It's, it's like, I feel bad for everyone involved. Yeah. It's just, <clears throat> So like the shooting wasn't good, right? The guns yeah. didn't feel good. The enemies were no challenge at all. We had them on the high difficulty, and you and I were able to just smash them. You had 30 FPS on my Xbox controller. <laughs> we were still able to just crush them, right? We absolutely. Uh, like, I think the most telling thing is, like, you and I started playing in co-op. We choose a mission, and instead of going straight to the mission waypoint, we're like, let's explore the world. And we spent 30 minutes, I kid you not, without seeing anything. There's nothing. No 30 minutes no enemies nothing we, we, every building was pretty much unable to go into the buildings we could, could go into there was nobody there there was nothing to find there were no enemies there were no npcs there was nothing it was just like walking around in a yeah it was like literally it felt like it felt so much like early access oh god yeah literally that, that's what it reminded me of it was like superman wow, 64 like <laughs> like superman 64 like could also be an unfinished game like right like it's like already talk about the worst game ever but like what happened there like is it just it was like incompetence or was it like the game was it just rushed out you know just to fill in some publisher milestone for for that licensing contract of dc for that year you know like i don't know what happened there but that's what it felt like it's like Running around in just a small pseudo, you know, open world, but small open world, and there was just nothing was like baffling to me. It was, it was, I guess like we all have really high expectations now for uh, AAA games, and um, it didn't really meet, I think, any of those. Yeah. It didn't it, crash. It reminded me a lot of Daisy when we played it, except Daisy had the, the the benefit of there being other players in the game, so at least that was like yeah. making it interesting if you were to try to play that game as a single player game. Like like half the shadows weren't working, you know? Yeah. So you have this these graphics that just look very strange. Like they don't make sense to your eye. Um from what I understand, if you stick very closely to the mission structure that they give you and you just go to the missions, you're gonna get missions and some of them are kind of cool and interesting. And the game works well in that, I mean, as well as it, it can anyway. Like, like you will be able to continue to feed gameplay, but if you play it like an open world game where you pick a direction and go, like, there's nothing. At least in the early part of the game, there was literally nothing. Yeah, nothing. Do you guys think it could be salvaged at all, or do you think they should just not develop this game anymore and just move they, on i mean like if they stopped developing it they'd have to refund everyone right i mean like you can't just like i mean no 
it just doesn't seem it, it rubs me wrong to sell some, you don't have to but it just would rub me wrong to sell a game at that price point and then just drop it like when you sold a retail product for people you know that just doesn't seem it seems like they'd have to put money in right they've already done the marketing they've done the all the press releases they I, I don't think that they're like honor bound or like you know financially bound to do anything with the game I think I also think if you bought this game uh, there, there was a lot of red flags and then a lot of negative reviews that came out before you could even purchase the game I mean or at least before the game was properly released like like you must have known what you were getting into to some extent I, I don't know I, and I, I don't I don't really feel like all the consumers are informed I feel like Someone could have gotten yeah, to the gift fair. from like her mom or something. Sure, know? sure. Cool. Yeah, uh, that would be a bummer. I think selling a game like this at seventy dollars is is a bit uh, dishonorable, honestly, for lack of a pun. <laughs> I but, think uh, like, <laughs> like it's... I think that they should try and salvage it, despite the fact that I think that unfortunately. Do you though? Okay, well let me let me preface that. I think the yeah. I I, I don't think the concept of the game, primarily because it's a looter shooter, like to me, is really compelling. But what they set out to do, they definitely didn't meet that at all. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that they should have good faith finish it, yes. I feel like they should honestly abandon it and just make Prey 2. I mean, that, like, that's what I want, too, <laughs> right? Like, that's what, that's what Kevin wants. But, like, I yeah. don't know if that's, like, the right move. You know what but I mean? Also, it feels is, like is Arcane it Austin is, even though. capable of making Prey 2? At this point, like, what sort of institutional decay has occurred as a result of making this game? I know that on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of people that are like, hey, the day it came out, like, hey, here's a game I worked on, and they don't work at Arcane Austin anymore. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for, like, the no clip documentary about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, uh, even with that said, I think... I think Bethesda, Skill Up actually said this in his review, which I recommend. It's a really good review. And I thought it totally nailed it, like... With Fallout 76 and Wolfenstein Youngblood and now this, though some people say Youngblood's better than those other two games, and that's probably true. Wait. But um, it's like a trifecta of just live service garbage when they should just be making single-player games. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why are we forcing these inherently single-player experiences into this live service crap that doesn't work it's like I, f I feel like before if you're arcane austin and you're having a crisis of identity the move isn't to do a live service game it's to make like a really solid like 15 10 to 15 hour single-player experience and then you move to your live service stuff because it just doesn't seem like they're equipped to do that i i, I just have to imagine Bethesda investors are looking at Sony buying Destiny for $3.6 billion. And they're like, we want to have a Destiny, right? So they're like, hey, we have this RPG shooter developer. Let's have them exactly shoehorn them into this. Make it happen. And obviously, like, that's not what I think Arcane does well, but I just can imagine that, that. that's my, this is my, you know, my tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> Well, right. well, it's like we, so, we don't even know. That's the thing, right? We it's don't like know, yeah. uh, the only thing to really go off of is that um, Kind of Funny had an, a really great X Cast interview with Phil Spencer. And Phil Spencer kind of was alluding that it was like Arcane Austin's idea to make this kind of game. Yeah. But it's like, can we really trust Phil Spencer saying that? <laughs> you know? 
Uh, so what's the name of the guy who the, the founder who left Arcane Austin? Uh, uh, Rafael Colantonio or whatever. He suggested that also that this was sort of an internal pivot to sort of try new things and break them out of the rut. So I, I imagine, and we will, we're not going to know until somebody tells us that this was this was maybe more internally yeah, driven than externally, but like because there's two sources kind of saying that. Uh, it does. I do wonder if what happened was they were really making something that was more like Left 4 Dead, and then at some point they're like, "This isn't working," and like that's why the game feels so unfinished. Because like, not only does the game, not only is the gameplay really, really rough, the combat is really bad, the cutscenes look like cheesy comic strip, not even comic strip, like they're like fr- freeze frames. It looks like it's ridiculous after that incredibly high budget trailer they had two years ago at E3. Um, Everything about the game feels unpolished and low budget. Yeah. And like, it's like the opposite of God of War Ragnarok, which is just like extreme polish and budget. Um, like, I, I just think of we were looking at the weird guy who looked like Agent, 40, Agent 47 in the, in the, with the shotgun and like the low res fire department. Like, thing. yeah. Just, oh, the LOD stuff. Um, the game, uh, unfortunately, it just, it looks, like graphical fidelity is really poor in, in a lot of ways and it, it, and this is a if i remember correctly this is only for ninth gen consoles right there's no there's no eighth gen yeah, version of yeah, this yeah this is an exclusive yeah okay so like i was playing breath of the wild yesterday and i was like still dumbfounded about how good that game looks like i'm like wow breath well of you the were wild. Ups, upscaling it and all that right but i mean it's a freaking yeah. xbox 360 essentially game right like sure. and it looks still looks incredible like um it just reminded me that like graphics are not just technological it's like art direction too uh and um yeah i just like i i would love to know what happened with this game because it is just it's just such a mess um and i i don't know like i like like again like i i think that they should fix it just to show goodwill it's like people who purchased it they developed it like you know you spend money on a game and you know i i think that that's like something you should do if you if you offer a product you should you know should 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 be decent. So um, even though it's not the game that I really want it to be, that's not like I don't. I'm not excited mm-hmm. about what that even could be. But I was talking with Aaron when we were, when we were playing. Like, you, what do you think? You think we can come back to these characters in two years, and then this game will be fun? I think it's possible. Well, let me, let, let need... me frame it. Sorry to uh, run over you, Aaron, but let me frame it this way. Like, I look at like Fallout seventy six and Sea of Thieves. And I don't think Fallout 76 had, like, a really clear vision of what it was to begin with. So I don't think that game really ever recovered from its initial bomb. On the other yeah. hand, Sea of Thieves released, and it was, like, paper thin. There wasn't really any content there. But I think, like, the core concept of, like, a multiplayer game where you're running a ship was really strong. And it was, like, a really nice foundation to keep building off of. And now it's, like arguably the best xbox multiplayer game do you got do you think it's more in the sea of thieves camp where they have a good foundation or the fallout 76 where there's no real foundation 76 uh i can see what they were going for you can see the bones of what they wanted to make you can yeah but it's it's just like so the the reason i think that it's more 76 and not sea of thieves likes whole core emphasis is like embracing the sandbox 
like that's like what that game is right it's all about like how can like it's like it's like the whole game is designed around the sandbox like like if there's no gear progression or anything of that nature this game does have that stuff this game has the gear progression it's much it's much closer to 76 or, or a looter shooter right which is much more of like a you know straightforward progression it's not it's not as much about build your own fun it's about like you do the quest you do the get the gear you do the stuff right um so i i don't yeah i don't think uh fallout 76 is such a funny game because like i was at e3 that year and i went to the fallout 76 like um they had like a booth for it it was like a huge vault you could walk through the hype on everyone's like faces there everyone was so hyped for that game like outside of the nintendo booth like there was the by far the most people at the fallout 76 thing so i just think of like how much hype that game had and how it if they floundered it it's like oof. i think that's the reason i make Bethesda jokes now like we're all joking about starfield being bad is because of that game uh well yeah i mean that's not the I only mean, Bethesda has like Bethesda. a decade of of quality assurance issues they do. there's no question but like i think that they've never released a bad game before 76 like there wasn't anything at least not oblivion on there was anything that was like a poorly made game until 76 but i guess my, my point yeah. on that is that i feel like this this is like a, a definite blemish i think on arcane um and it's a bummer because i like arcane too i know you guys are much bigger arcane fans than i am um i mostly just were like prey uh, but i love dishonored too but i'm not as i think aaron is clearly the big arcane head okay. here um i'm okay. more of a hitman i like head. prey and dishonored yeah but particularly prey Prey, i think i love prey Prey's like one of the best immersive sims. I think it's like top three, top two, maybe. <laughs> so, but like it's it's funny though, Kevin, because you were saying like they should try to salvage the game, but you're also saying that it's like Fallout seventy six. So like to me, it's like I I understand the goodwill intentions of this, but at the end of the day, to me, it just like I haven't played the game, but based on hearing everybody talk about it, it just seems like it'd be better if they just moved on and just did something else. It's, because this game is just not there at all and never as will a, be. Yeah. As like an outsider who doesn't understand like the ins and outs of games industry and development and like contracts and all that, like I would say drop it, but like I'm sure there's good reasons why they, they are not going to do that. Um, so I feel yeah, like... they've said they're going to support They're going to support it. We should mention. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so here's what I would say to this is there are some real glaring technical issues there's a bad memory leak part of the reason i haven't played it more but i actually would have played it more is that there there's a memory leak which means that the longer you play the game the, the yeah. worse your performance gets <laughs> sucks. so you play you know you start off the game's running 120 fps you're like that's great and then a few minutes later it's like 40 fps what's going on and it's just stuttering all over the place um it, it's currently i would say a very negative experience on pc and it sounds like it's a pretty negative experience on xbox as well so i think that they have to get some of those technical problems out of the way and i think that they should uh correct some of the bugs fix some of the ai stuff but in terms of like really salvaging the game and trying to complete the vision that they clearly had and missed the mark by like i think it would be a tremendous waste of resources obviously it's not my my call but like i think they should move on and try to work on something that the scope of which that they could actually, you know, execute on. I mean, like when destiny vanilla came out way back in the day, no one was saying that the gameplay was bad, right? Like everyone was like, damn, like the guns feel good. The movement's good. The argument was that there was no content and it feels like that's not the problem with Redfall. It feels like well, the game's that's part of the problem. Fun. But it's, it's part of the problem, but it's like <laughs> the game's not even fun to play to begin with. Like the dead zone that's terrible. Like the 
Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel good to move around. It doesn't feel like the the stealth. Like there's, I heard that there's not even stealth takedown animations. It's like what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> like I thought this was 2023, but <laughs> in every way, it is. It, it is like there's character models. Kevin and I were joking about the Agent 47 guy that looks like he's from a 360 game and would have looked bad in a 360 game. Um, in every level, this game is just missing the mark. Like, there's nothing that I think that it's doing really well. Like, I guess you could say the world design is kind of charming. Like, it does look like a uh, you know a fictional New England sort of Salem's Lot esque town, but the the technology, the lighting, the graphics are, are undermining whatever good work the art has done. I I really stand by the Super N64 comparison. Like, I think it's at that level. Seriously. <laughs> Like it's, it's just not, it's not worth it in any regard, unfortunately. Yeah. They should just take the resources they would use to fix this game to make a really good single player game. That's what they should do. No more of this cynical live service garbage. Like just don't do destiny for Xbox. Just make like a really good immersive sim that you can throw on game pass. Yeah. So let's talk about what Phil Spencer said about this game, because Phil Spencer, as you, you said, went on the uh, kind of funny X cast and I guess he had been scheduled in advance. So it wasn't, it wasn't like he was doing damage control there, uh, okay. but he was, That's he funny. was fairly candid. Um, one it. of the things that they, yeah. One of the things they brought up was like games, you know, Microsoft will have internal faux reviews for games to try to gauge where it's going to land. Right. So they right. can kind of know beforehand. And he said that he thought that, that their reviews had pegged this game double digits higher than where it landed where it's currently a 59 on metacritic i think at the time when he said that it was in the 60s and it's uh it's 31 on steam so what, what <laughs> you said they had anticipated what would what, what was that they had like they anticipated it would be like an eight kind of game he didn't I, say i'm assuming in 70s or 80s yeah okay um I, like, like honestly, like playing it, like it again, like it really is kind of like baffling. Like it's a, it's like a baffle. Like it kind of blows your mind a little bit that they got released because it really feels that unfinished. Like I, I, I just like yeah. Chewie people must have been screaming. I would imagine. Yeah, it, it, it is surprising to me, and it, like I said, it's like don't go after the devs. Um, one yeah, of the devs, Sadie Boyd, that. was talking about how she didn't anticipate her peers and friends and colleagues openly mocking and being gleeful for a difficult launch. But like somebody needs to take responsibility and it's going to be, it's going to be people at the top of the publishing department. It's going to be project managers can be people whose job it was to make sure that deadlines were made and, and to make sure that if a game releases that it, it, it's an acceptable position, you know, uh, condition, it doesn't make the publisher look foolish. Yeah, kind of like going off of that point, um, I just want to say that, like, first of all, it's amazing that Phil Spencer did that interview, and it's amazing XCast got that interview, but also, mm -hmm. like, Phil Spencer has, like, a lot of faux pas in that interview that are fascinating. Like, he says, like, I'm being paid way too much money as it is, and I'm like, wow, he's actually saying that, one. <laughs> and then he's saying stuff like he's kind of putting it on the developers but then he's saying I don't want to put it on the developers but I'm also kind of putting it on the developers that they didn't execute the the vision and it was it was like kind of fascinating to see like this kind of candor from Phil cuz I'm not really sure if it's going to serve him in the run, long run it kind of makes him look like 
he's just cranky and not really has and it not together. at the rudder yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know it just seems it just seems like the whole thing was mismanaged i think you're right there needed to be like a project manager or a point person or like a team like a, a quality control team to just be like this is just not ready like you can't release this it's like we either cancel this or we delay it another year or two years like it I feel like there needed to be a point person or like they needed to have a strategy to just bury the game. <laughs> so, um, uh, Richard Ledbetter from digital foundry said that, um, titles, uh, QA is usually always handled by the publisher. In this case, that'd be Bethesda or Microsoft. So I feel like some of the blame has to be on them as well. Um, uh, I think most of the blame, I, I think, think... Yeah, no, that's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, like, it, obviously, internal project managers don't fucking look at these people up or harass them. But I'm saying, like, this seems to be a bigger problem in the industry is that project managers, for for lots of structural reasons, aren't doing their job well. Or, or there's like a like there's a lot of games coming in, not just hot, but kind of broken. Um, and usually that sort of thing falls on the project manager for, for this kind of work. Uh, but the publisher is the, per, is the one pushing it out that has all the power that like those are the people that should be like hey this is this is gonna make us look bad yeah um i wonder if it's bethesda because phil harrison kind of made it seem like microsoft was particularly hands-off and i don't know how much i can take him at his word for that but like bethesda as i said has kind of for the last decade almost every game that's come out of bethesda that wasn't from id software i almost did it or i almost did id for you <laughs> but uh was has been compromised in some way every arcane game going back to dishonor 2 the death of the outsider prey had massive bugs um you know wolfenstein 2 wasn't wolfenstein like 2 white complete it felt like yeah fallout 76 like uh the evil within 2 the evil within 1 like bethesda has been pushing out games with lacking that last veneer you know which is so ironic because like you play a game like Hi-Fi Rush and it's like how the fuck did Bethesda make a game that polished and that good? It's like that game is almost like an anomaly and it makes me wonder if Bethesda should just shadow drop every game so they don't mm. have the pressure of deadlines. <laughs> they just drop their games. But you know, you're right. It it seems like especially it's been magnified in the past few years because you had like in the past five years, like Fallout 76 and Wolfenstein Youngblood, and now this game, Redfall, it just seems like, again, they're shifting to live service, but it, it just it seems like they're having a crisis of identity where they it, it's almost like they think their brand is too niche. Like, oh, people don't really play these single-player first-person shooters that are hearkening back to the, the early 90s, like maybe we should just make them live service games and i'm that just doesn't seem like it seems like they're just floundering with that completely i do um, wonder if immersive sims are marketable for real like will they ever really succeed bioshock it's the only one well i think hitman has finally been yeah kind of, like i mean i wouldn't say hitman's like a runaway success but i think it's like a success it's like a um, niche yeah. success. Yeah. I mean, Hitman, Breath of the Wild has a lot of immersive sim yeah, elements. Systemic. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, um, 
you know this new breath of the or this new zelda game looks like it has even more that's true so i I don't think that like the system shock mold immersive sim seems to make a lot of money honestly any game that's that's heavily dna'd from system shock except bioshock seems to have commercial problems right even if they they veer heavily from the path look at dead space Mm -hmm. but i also wonder it's like we were talking about that maybe it's more bethesda but then i think about microsoft and i wonder if the hands-off approach is really good for microsoft at this point because i think it works in spurts like these kind of like uh highly specialized double a and indie games like hi-fi rush or pentiment where you're just kind of like oh yeah do your thing uh we'll be your patron we'll sponsor you on games pass whatever like i think it works for that but for these massive triple a games i'm not sure if the hands-off approach works because it just seems like if there is a crisis of vision or they're not meeting deadlines like i feel like microsoft has to step in and be like hey like you kind of can't release this (laughs) like you can't release redfall like this um or halo infinite i mean so microsoft has been enormously constipated in terms of its ability to deliver you know polished quality games like at, at the pace that you would expect given the number of studios that they've acquired given the amount of money they have yeah i i don't know what's going on where's hellblade uh, that game is in been production. Talked about that it's game for like gorgeous. three years. It seems like. Uh, do you guys think like on this topic? I was thinking like, uh, AAA companies would don't do enough AA games. Like, imagine if they made like a small Doom game or like a small Bethesda like Elder Scrolls game, like a, like a, like a AA one that's like like they could put out in a year and have it be polished, but doesn't need to be like huge, all encompassing game that you play forever. Like, how, where, where are those? I, I, can, we, can we not get those anymore? Well, I, I, that's the thing. I think they are doing a good job with those. Like, you had, again, Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, which were both yeah. excellent. And I think their indie Original. flow has been really good, too. The problem is, is that I don't know, like, if you're trying to compete with Sony and Nintendo, you kind of need to have, like, one or two AAA heavy hitters a year. You know, like, if you really want to be competitive. I mean, like, yes, it's awesome that they have that stream, and I think that's playing to Microsoft's strengths, doing these little smaller projects that end up being critical darlings. But, like, I think they kind of need to land, like, a Redfield, like, a really good Redfall or Starfield game a year if they actually want to compete with Nintendo and Sony. Oh, absolutely. You know? And they they have the, like institutional capability to do that given all the studios so like let's here's what a lot of people are saying like we didn't even talk about how the the uh the deal to acquire activision blizzard Mm. uh, has seemingly fallen through fallen through we'll we'll see how that goes in in in, um court but it looks like that may not be happening well that's not going through streaming because of game streaming not because of call of duty not hilarious like what oh my god yeah um but like a lot of people are saying this is like the worst week for xbox and and that that some people questioning can xbox recover from this what do you guys think yes i think i think that's a lot that's a bit of hyperbole like 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 calm down guys like microsoft's a multi-billion dollar company they're not going anywhere (laughs) well no not microsoft but xbox xbox 
<clears throat> will be fine. They, ha- they, I, they, they just need to release like some other AAA game. They need to release like, uh, I don't know. I think it, I, I want the next Gears game, but I also think like I think uh, their 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 space game could be could do it. Um, they they make a lot of money on Forza as well, from what I understand. Well, uh, I, I, th- I think that Microsoft needs to stop shooting itself in the foot. Like you shouldn't heavily market Redfall to be your second purported big big release of the year yeah. if it was like gonna fail. Like so Sony's actually a good um, you know like it's good to look at Sony for this because I think Sony knew Forspoken was a piece of shit, so they started to bury it like months before its release. And I think that's what Microsoft should have done for Redfall. They shouldn't have kept like hyping it up as like this amazing game, and then it comes out and it's garbage. It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> and then like on top of that, you have the far superior Hi-Fi Rush that gets shadow dropped, and they like didn't market it at all really after it released. They were like, here you go, like when we're just dropping the best single player g- game we've made in years. But we're not going to market that. Instead, we're going to market this huge turd that's coming in a few months. It's like, what are you doing, Mar- Microsoft? Don't do that. <laughs> like, I-, I think a lot of it is marketing and expectation setting. And I think maybe this is a good lesson for Phil and his team to not hype shit up like this. <laughs> or to not release stuff that is that is just so obviously unfinished. Um a lot of people are worried about uh, Starfield. I don't know if if that's warranted or not. I mean, certainly this is an indication that Microsoft's not making sure. They're not looking at what's going out the door. But, like, does this mean that Starfield is, is in trouble? I, I don't know. It really could go either way. Judging by this year, which has just been one, you know, trash fire after another, except for, you know, a few games like Resident Evil 4 and... Hitman freelancer and stuff uh like there there does seem to be broader systemic problems of like the way that the games are developed and the sort of crunch culture and the sort of speed at which they're trying to come out is is maybe starting to have an effect where they're squeezing these devs a little too much to get get the finished product out the way it should be yeah yeah i think also like i think the thing that uh we're all forgetting is like um technology and games have become pretty much exponentially more complicated over the past even just five years mm. so i think uh there's just a lot more things that people have to account for or that developers have to account for that are probably harder to nail um more hardware configurations too i mean every, there's just there's just a lot more everything now so i imagine it's probably a lot harder to ship something that meets all those perfect requirements but i mean sony seems to have that down pretty well i will say their triple a games seem to always launch capcom well, I mean, I say oh, that, yeah. and then I, and I say that, I say that, Capcom, I say that, but then I also make Last of Us Part 1 on Steam was colossal yeah. shit storm. So, I think Capcom, Capcom, I think Capcom's Capcom. like the most consistent developer working today. Like, it's truly remarkable, like, how polished their products are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I agree. I, I wonder, like, thinking about it in terms of, like, fiscal year, like, is it going to be a red flag now, like, any game that releases in, like, late April, early May? Is that, like, oh, shit, like, that's a rushed game? <laughs> is that what how it's going to be from now on? Because I feel like oh, man. EA is, was trying to get out Jedi Survivor before the end of their fiscal year, and then, like, you know, mm. same with Microsoft with Redfall. I wonder if that's just going to be the case, that that April-May window is now a red flag to re- release games. <laughs> 
Maybe. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I don't know. Like, let's talk for a minute about what Microsoft. So, okay, so we agree maybe Xbox is 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 down but not out. Um, they still have like I every few years they're gonna put out an id software game and yeah. i i will be shocked if if every id software game that comes out for the next decade isn't at least pretty darn good you know maybe not everybody's gonna like it but it's i think the quality is gonna be high the technical execution is gonna be high and it's it's gonna be a system seller you know worthy game i think so Definitely. um i think i think that uh machine games has the capability to to deliver some good stuff but who fucking knows what they've been doing for the last six years yeah, I want to know because they didn't make Youngblood. That was Arcane as well. They just assisted yeah. in the production. The last thing they actually made was Wolf Two, so that hmm. was 2017. 2017. I mean, they did do Quake as well, the remaster. These episodes, you know. Oh well, yeah, but that's that was probably like a spun out small team of people. Yeah. I don't think the whole yeah company was working on that. Uh, you know, like Coalition can still make great games. We've seen like. Obviously, the Forza games are good. People keep forgetting that I, I'm almost positive that Forza Motorsport, the rebranded Forza games coming out this year, I, I have every belief that that will be excellent. Um, it'll, you know, it'll be a racing game, but yeah, I think they have enough. Like they have all, they have, they own some of the best franchises in gaming. They have some of the best developers still in the AAA space. Like I think they can do it. They just. They're just having a rough patch right now. I think it's a it's definitely a rough patch. I mean, it's like a decade long rough patch. I don't know if that's true. Oh come on! Starting with the Xbox One. I what, mean, what, yeah, what? the Xbox. But I mean, they had some really good game. I guess okay. I, you talk about Microsoft specifically. We're talking about that. Yeah, game. Microsoft. No, no, well, no. Just, not, just, just first party. Yeah. I, I think they've had like. I I would say like maybe they're like de- a decade long rough patch, but I do think Game Pass was. Like I think Game Pass has really been the thing keeping them alive. Like I think I also think Gears yeah. Five is underrated. I think that is yeah, Gears Five is good, an awesome game. Uh, Forza but, Horizon I mean, Five is, is really Thieves good. Sea of Thieves is like a master sea of piece of a multiplayer game, and I mean like they've had good games. Like yeah, like between Hi-Fi Rush, Gears Five, Sea of Thieves, like those yeah. are those are like three excellent games. Forza. So like it's not like they're making bad games. It's just that like I think. I think, like, the frustrating thing is that Phil Spencer has been hyping up, like, oh, we have this huge cadre of developers, and we're going to be delivering the goods this year, and then it just, like, I don't know. It's almost like the, um, um, I saw, like, uh, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN, uh, like, posting that um, (laughs) Charlie Brown thing with, like, Lucy, like, like taking the ball away and it's like Phil Spencer's taking the ball away and the consumers are kicking and they're flying up. It, it just kind of seems like they're constantly just disappointing us in that way where it's like, we have this amazing thing coming and then like, it's not amazing or it falls like way, way, way short. And it kind of feels like the emperor's new clothes kind of has no clothes sort of thing. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, there is a, a, Xbox showcase in about a month that will be immediately followed by a Starfield like deep dive look. What do you guys think is going to be at this uh, Xbox showcase? Indiana Jones. That would be a like a savior. I think if they have Indiana Jones this fall, I think that would really help with uh, Xbox. I think like if they were if they were able to pull this off, Starfield in September and it's good. 
and then right after that they have Hellblade 2, Forza, and Indiana Jones in the same holiday window, I think that would be huge. Yeah, and then next fall, Quake 2024. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That would be fucking awesome. That'd from, be from id software yeah um i think hmm. that'd be really cool that would I be definitely per- the next yeah. game will be a big slam dunk for sure like we all agree on that right i want i want the indiana jones game to be a shooter i don't think it will be i think it'll be uncharted but i want it to be oh yeah. barf that would no I and mean, that's what what else would indiana jones be like you're, a puzzle you're totally right but it's I gonna think- be uncharted I think Indiana Jones has the potential the potential to be like a Wolfenstein style game, but the gore is dialed down. Do you think it could be first person? Yeah, I think so. I think it's possible. Just go around whipping shit. Yeah. Man, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> I, th- I think it's definitely possible. Uh, that, I, I mean, really like, maybe not. Maybe it's not true, but that would be cool. That would basically be like the modern version of GoldenEye 007, right? Where you're like playing as a movie star character who doesn't just run around and shoot everyone. The entire mm-hmm. movie, but where you're doing that? Maybe they did say. I mean, the guy said that they're they're FPS studio, so I don't know. I, I'm really curious yeah. about that. Well, kind of look at it this way. Kind of like how Hitman is doing a James Bond game, and like in my head, James, Hitman already was James Bond, but a more violent version of that. I kind of mm-hmm. see right. Indiana Jones as potentially like Wolfenstein, but a more PG-13 yeah. version of that. So. It's true. There's a lot of Nazis. Is that what we want? Yeah. I, I want to see those Nazis' head roll. Nazis' heads roll. I mean, the thing is, Indiana yeah. Jones no, no, has same. really violent deaths, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope it sure. straddles like the line. Death. I hope yeah. It's, yeah, pull that heart out. I, pull I the do, heart out. The guy yeah. gets cut up in the fan. The guy gets crushed by the, the thing. He'll get eaten by crocodiles. Like, There's a lot of pretty violent deaths in Indiana Jones. Like, I it's always true. was shocked as a kid. Like, oh my god, this movie's deaths are so brutal dude the heart ripping out yeah terrifying yeah, that's in mortal combat they strictly ripped that off no pun intended mm. did you guys know that jaws was rated pg really doesn't it have like a naked woman swimming yeah I've it's never... rated pg and it's funny too because you know it. how do you know how pg-13 got invented yeah, that was uh temple of doom yeah, yeah. so they because like yeah. they they didn't Art. feel comfortable making it pg so that they invented pg-13 for temple of doom yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, he like, you know, we kind of see him as like the sentimental schmaltzy director, but he was kind of pushing the bar for children's entertainment and how violent it could be back in the <laughs> children's 80s, entertainment. so to speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, okay. Any more thoughts about Microsoft, guys? Um, I want them to do better. I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like seeing the underdog, like not be an underdog. I want them like I think it's healthy for the video game landscape for Microsoft to be competitive. So, I hope they are um, because, yeah, I think it's just good. And Sony needs a competitor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Uh, do are you finding that your Game Pass subscription? I know Kevin isn't. Is worth it at the moment? Do you feel like uh, you want to re-up or maybe you want to let it lapse for a little bit? Uh, I feel like I always play Sea of Thieves at some point. So, like, I always... You could just buy the game. <laughs> You're right. I should just buy the game, but I don't know. Maybe I will, like, cancel it for a few months, but yeah. I'm not sure. I'm finding it to be underutilized after this Redfall stuff uh yeah they need i mean they need 
you know, some other amazing AAA launch. There was a, a period where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is on Game Pass. But now it's like, alright. They haven't really been having a good past couple months with Game Pass, because like, they also released uh, Ravenlock and Strange Case of Benedict Fox, and they both got like 6 out of 10 reviews, and I'm like... Hmm. It's like, ah, even with the indies, they're kind of floundering a bit right now. Like, I, I think... I can't even remember the last Game Pass game I was really excited for outside of Hi-Fi Rush. I think Hi-Fi Rush was, like, the last time I was like, oh, having Game Pass is so cool, I get to play this. And But, like, after yeah. Hi-Fi Rush, I don't think there's really been anything. What, so. like, like Vampire Survivors <laughs> and Forza 5, which was, like, like two years ago? They're like, what was the la- what was last year? What was the game yeah. pass? Game? Wulong was pretty good. Okay, Wulong was, was a, a good. That was I a good game. That. Pa- that was a good game pass drop. Was Wulong? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, there's some stuff, but it definitely has been a little uh, thin. Yeah, it's been a little thin. Yeah. Uh, uh, I hope we get like three or four really good ones for the rest of the year. But imagine if like Alan Wake Two was on Game Pass, like something like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, that seems unlikely, that's, uh, unlikely. But... <clears throat> that's another game not that it's like Microsoft related but that's another game that we're going to probably see in the next month is uh, Alan Wake 2 that, that's going to be cool that I... comes out this year? Uh, yeah I think they are, they're wrapping what? production on it I think it was announced that what? they're almost done Yeah. I tried to replay Alan Wake recently and I was not loving it um... I think when you get over the initial hump of it it's actually a really solid game I really like the first. Day I think life. that this summer game show is going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a really good yeah. One. I think there's a lot of games that are just like on the cusp to be shown or announced that we're going to see some really. I think it's going to be a lot of hype. Yeah, yeah. Early June's going to be a fun time. I just hope that yeah. Jeff Keighley knows how to like pace his shows finally, because like everything he's done lately has been <laughs> so fucking boring, man. Oh my god. World you you want to watch a six-hour show that's got three trailers in it? Yeah, just. <laughs> Dude, I need to remember see how bad that summer game pa- fest was last year that was like embarrassingly uh, bad oh my god there was a lot of uh like mobile oh there was, there was something they kept showing it was like come on i don't, I don't remember what it was it wasn't well, elder scrolls online did they show that last year that's that's coming at the xbox showcase i guarantee you there will be a 20 20 minute Dude, update so, on what's going on in the elder scrolls oh online oh my god it's so long for the three of you that are still playing uh to Jeff Keighley's credit, I thought the Game Awards was his best show. Like, By far. Like, easily. Yeah, great. That, that was his best. Like, I was like, like, last year's Game Awards, I was like, finally, he's figured it out. <laughs> the Awards is great. Yeah, it was a really good, like, because they had Armored Core, they had Hades 2, they had, like, a lot of great mm. bangers, but I don't know. Hopefully, he'll be able to translate that to Summer Games Fest, because Summer Games Fest last year was abysmal. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know why he started it? Apparently, the 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 E3 consortium, I think the ESA, decided they wanted to start being make it focused about streamers and content creators and influencers. And I guess that uh, he and I guess other publishers felt like they wanted it to be more of a centralized location for like, you know, publisher news. So mm. that's why that's kind of why E3 died. Apparently, that's that's the scuttlebutt. At huh. least. Hmm. Well, it's a little bit of a bummer because I don't know if I can go to the summer game show. No, I think it's a digital I only event. Gone to E3 and did go to E3, so 
Hmm, whatever. Uh, yeah. I, you know what I can do is I can go hang out downtown L.A. near L.A. Live and try to harass games journalists. Um, I, I won't do that. I'm kidding. But, you know, here's something funny that happens. This is, this is, a, this is a hard segue. But uh, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I saw one of the, the principal, I won't say who, cast members of Ted Lasso. And I said, hello. Your favorite show. My favorite show, yes. Like, <laughs> being haunted even while I shop. Uh, you guys uh, ready to do some recommendations? Yeah, man. Yeah. Kevin, what you got this week? Um, mine yeah. is, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's it counts. Uh, mine is just uh, try emulating old games, specifically Nintendo oh, yeah. games, because um, Nintendo is really bad about backwards compatibility. They're not the worst, yeah. but a lot of their old games kind of uh, just don't exist. And Nintendo pretty much has the best backlog backlog of any publisher i think out there in terms of master class games um and there's a lot of really good ways to play a lot of their old games right now um from breath of the wild to other even older games so um i recommend checking out it is a bit of work to get it working but once you get everything set up um you know you have your controller working you can play like every most video game ever made with emulation so it's worth it's worth taking a dive if you like playing old games um Something yeah. I've been doing for a long time. And uh, like the Simu thing was a pain in the ass with Breath of the Wild, but totally worth it. So, yeah. Yay, piracy. No, I'm just kidding. But hey, uh, if you own these ROMs, if it's, it's ROMs, not piracy. It's not yeah. piracy. Yeah. If you own it, it's, it's, legal. The game. it's legal to just, for, yeah, it's legal to download or if a game. You purchase copy. the game. If you own the disc. Every, yeah, every generation of Nintendo system, I've, I've purchased like Super Mario Brothers and Zelda. So, I think I own it like 20 times over. The Steam Deck is a very competent emulator too if, if you want a really like an almost turnkey like solution. I got to do that still. Yeah. Uh, cool. Oren? Yeah, I mean, uh, last week, uh, as we all remember, I uh, my Wi-Fi died during this segment, so I didn't oh, yeah. have a chance oh, to talk. right. I didn't have a chance to really talk about Succession uh, with Aaron, but... Um, I decided to do the succession binge over the past month. I'm all caught up. And, uh, yeah, I just want to recommend that show because I think I think succession, the reason why I think everyone should watch it is that it's hearkening back to, like, the Sopranos era of HBO where you have, like, one giant performance that the show is anchored around, like Tony Soprano, in this case it's Logan Roy, and the show is about characters that you're not, like, supposed to like. And I think that's, like, a problem with a lot of media nowadays is that there's always, like, oh, like, I have to be able to relate to this character or else I'm not going to like it. And I think that's, like, a part of the Disneyification of culture right now. Succession is kind of sitting in this place where it's, like, this is a show about the fictionalized version of the Murdoch family in Fox News and they're all characters that are worthy of your contempt. But we're going to just make the show and make it be a great drama. And we don't really care if you find these characters likable. And I find that so refreshing to watch a show like that now. Because I don't think we've really seen that ethos um, in television since the classic HBO run of The Wire, Deadwood, Rome... The Sopranos. So I, I just love seeing HBO kind of embrace that again. So Succession is my recommendation. I think it's a great show. Season four is airing right now. It's the final season. 
Yeah, I, I've also uh, watched it as I, I think I mentioned last week. One thing I think it's interesting to to piggyback off what you said is like I agree. Like it's a lot of these characters, right off the bat, you will be like, I think I said this last week, but you you will you will feel a lot of contempt for them. But then a few episodes in, you'll find yourself relating and kind of understanding them. Like like they, they they're fleshed out in an interesting way, and you can understand why they are the way they are. I think every character, with the possible exception of Logan Roy, Logan Roy is like the one character you may be like. I get him, but like, don't have a lot of. Uh, you won't. You probably won't feel for Logan Roy, but that's okay. Right. Um, it's. Uh, it's also like I have uh, also basically I slow binged it. I watched like one episode a night. I don't know if that counts as a binge or not. What do you think, Kevin? Does that count as a binge? Like it, I wasn't how watching long three or four episodes? episodes in a sitting an hour. Might still be a binge. It would be a binge for um, me. I would still wait like a day at least. Well, like it's a well, it's a yeah. unique situation because it's like we're trying to like play catch up before the show ends, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. like I, yeah, I want to be there for the end. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a little binge is the right. I think you got it right there. Um, yeah. Point. So I, I tried not to watch like many episodes, and I tried to think about the episode nice. the next day and like Reflect. engage with it a little bit. Um, but it's uh, it's you know it's it's a I hate to start piling on on something new. I'm very, I have like a very sort of like some part of me is, is very reserved about things that, that are very recent to give too many accolades. But I feel like this is uh, one of HBO's better shows. I'll say it that way. And, and it seems like it's going to be a totally satisfying experience from beginning to end. Unlike a lot of other shows. Um, so yeah, Jesse Armstrong, right. Who, who created the show has is now in what, in the, the rare company of having created like two, like all-time great shows. Like the only other person I think who did that was uh, the guy that created Better Call Saul and Matt. Uh, Matt uh, uh, Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Right. X Files. Yeah. yeah. Oh, X Files. Yeah, I guess he's he's a triple threat. Yeah. He didn't create the X Files. You, you could oh, say Matthew. You could say Matthew Weiner too, because he was a part of the Sopranos, Sopranos. and Mad Men. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, Succession is really good. My recommendation, based on this this conversation about binging and slow binging. I have been holding off on watching uh, Twin Peaks the Return for a while, and I've been thinking about how I wanted to do this, to do it, to do it right. And one thing that I, I kind of missed while I was slow binging Succession was the watching one show a week, making a ritual around every Sunday night. I have this one thing, and it's and it's not like doing it when I feel like it. It's like being like every Sunday night at you know schedule. nine o'clock, I'm going to watch the yeah. show. There's a schedule to it, um, so I've decided to start watching the return. I think I'm going to start watching it next week because this week's a little busy. I'm going to watch one episode a week, and I, and I invite anybody who's interested to watch along, and maybe we'll comment on it a little bit at the end of episodes uh, podcast. Catch up a little, talk a little bit about where I'm at, but I'm going to watch it one episode a week. This is going to really piss Mary off because she's going to be like, "No, we got to watch the next one." I'm going to be like, "No." we'll see how much self-control i have uh but like the goal is to watch one episode a week for i guess the next 17 weeks starting next week uh so maybe i'll announce that in the discord and uh, feel free to watch along if you're interested and we could talk about it nice man that's exciting like or and i've been pushing you to watch that for a long time so it's, <laughs> i'm glad that you're finally watching it yeah i mean i've wanted to watch it for a long time it's just been like i wanted to do it right yeah the conditions hadn't been correct for a while so i think that this is going to be the way to do it uh, that's how we watched it too every weekend yeah. even though we had it all we watched it like we wanted to save them all me and uh, summer so that was the way to do it my opinion I, th I think it's still my favorite uh season of television ever it's like 
I, we've t- I know we debate that a lot on this podcast, but it's definitely like top five at least. Um, it's a it's it's great. Like the the circumstances in which I watched it was uh, I spent my Halloween season in 2017 just watching it. So like it was instead of watching like a horror movie every day, I just like would watch Twin Peaks: The Return. Uh, and it was awesome. It was such a cool way to experience Halloween. <laughs> mm, I'll bet. Yeah. That is awesome. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, yeah. I think I think that is a uh, a tidy pod, gentlemen. Yeah. Hour and a half. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's like a new record for brevity for us, huh? Well, you did an 80-minute pod like four weeks ago when I wasn't here, but... Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was that what it was? Yeah, it was 80 minutes with, uh, I think it was with uh, No Mana podcast. Uh, ben? Ben, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, all right, well, everybody, thanks for listening. Oren, Kevin, I appreciate your time today, guys. Good chatting with you. Uh, check out our Discord in the show notes. Feel free to follow Oren and I on Twitter if you want to. Madden, you produce the, uh, the music at the beginning and end of the show. We love you. And uh, I think we'll see you in two weeks. And I will have watched one episode of Twin Peaks The Return. So if you want to watch along, feel free to watch the first episode. And uh, maybe at the end of the pod, we'll talk, spend a few minutes talking about that. Cool. Bye. Bye-bye.